Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Les Bowen of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And we are absent a few of the other beat guys, Paul Domowich and EJ Smith, but uh, certainly they'll join us the next, po- next podcast. But uh, Les, uh, how you doing? You're uh, ready to talk some Eagles. I am certainly ready to talk some Eagles, Jeff. All right. Well, we had our first game and uh, it was a, it was a beaut. Um, Eagles scored 17 points to open up. It seemed like they were cruising. And then late in the first half, Carson Wentz tossed an ill-advised interception. And then from there on out, it was a snowballing of epic proportions, and the Eagles lost twenty-four to seven. Uh, excuse me, twenty-seven to seventeen, and opened the season with a loss for the first time in the Doug Peterson era. There's been a lot of um, pointing of fingers, I guess. Uh, I guess not internally, as far as we know, but uh, in terms of you know who ultimately was responsible for this for this loss and. Les, you've written a lot about Doug Peterson's role in what happened on Sunday, particularly in game. Mm. You know, what what did you think went wrong with uh, Doug and the play calling? Yeah, it just seemed like there weren't any adjustments, Jeff. It seemed like uh, once uh, Washington's really strong defensive line and, and you know front seven got rolling, uh, the Eagles just couldn't relate to that or couldn't. Uh, change anything they were doing uh there were so many like uh dropbacks and attempts for long throws i'm sure they thought going in with one of uh, washington's starting corners kyle fuller injured that they were going to be able to hit all those long balls uh and they did hit some early but once uh, the pass rush really started taking over against a battered and young offensive line uh it just uh that wasn't happening and the Eagles couldn't figure out how to do anything else. They couldn't run with this offensive line and with no Miles Sanders and they couldn't get their screen game going and uh, they wouldn't move Wentz around or have him do any read options or anything like that. And uh, their offense kind of just became a weapon for the, for West Washington, actually uh, considering the turnovers and the, fourth downs they didn't convert uh they they ended up uh kind of helping washington win the game yeah it seemed like the game plan was pretty good and you know i guess this is a positive you know last year they did horrible mm-hmm. in the first quarter of games or at least in the first drive and they came out and scored marched down the field ended with a touchdown pass from Wentz to zach Ertz, and then um, field goal in the next possession touchdown on the third possession they were they were cruising it seemed like that was something that they had worked on this offseason had a really good script. We're able to take advantage of of uh, Washington secondary, and certainly they were amped up to push the ball down the field. And then, as you mentioned, when it became apparent that the offensive line couldn't hold up against that deed line, they just weren't prepared to adapt. And you know, some of that had to do, I think, with certainly personnel in the offensive line, and some of it had to do also with Carson Wentz, which allows me to shift into uh, the topic of the quarterback play. And Wentz looked great in the first 28 minutes, and then all of a sudden he just imploded. Now, I think, again, the offensive line and getting hit a lot probably factored in that a little bit, but I'm focused more on just Carson still having this mindset where he thinks he's invincible and he can you know, shake off any defensive lineman and extend the play, and that just isn't happening. Right. And, and what's happening, he isn't learning. He isn't in his head. He's not realizing when a play is dead you know, throw it away, throw it in the dirt, live for another down and. Or try and get rhythm. 
you know, I don't know if that's play calling or if it's him, but how many plays did they have where he would take like a three-step drop, you know, look and throw? There were almost none. It was always, you know, he was surveying options. A lot of times, of course, he was trying to duck a pass rusher, but, you know, it just uh, – the ball did not get out of his hand quickly, ever. And Well, yeah. The situation where that had to happen. Yeah, they, I mean, they certainly came in with the game plan. Like, we're going to look at we did, look at we did this offseason, and then we're going to show everybody. We're going to dazzle everybody with what, what we can do down the field. And they did hit on Rager once, and there was another time when Rager broke free, but he didn't really finish, he didn't really run through his route. And, uh, you know, Carson's throw was a little beyond him. There's another time they tried for Deshaun Jackson. He hit mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard for a 34-yard touchdown. So there were examples of them being able to hit on those plays. But it seemed too much of that, and considering the circumstances on the offensive line, to me, it just didn't seem like that was something that they should have gone heavy-handed with. Yeah, and, you know, you, I'm no great X and O guy, but when you're getting killed like that up front and, and they're blitzing almost every down, you know, keep a tight end in the backfield or do something. You know, there just was no help. that They would have Boston Scott back there, but on one fourth down sack, I remember, Boston Scott clearly was – Running yeah. a fast route. Yeah, he missed. Well, he missed. Uh, he missed. He was supposed to pick that up. Yeah, at least Doug. Doug said he was supposed to. Yeah, it, but it's you know you need to do more. You need to max protect, which is what teams do against the Eagles when the Eagles' pass rush is going. Yeah, and they really didn't do that. I didn't think. Well, and plus, you know, Carson, he wants to have options, downfield options. I think he, you know, that that's the game plan he usually favors because he, I mean, certainly he has the arm strength. He wants to throw it down the field and I don't think he wants a more controlled game plan. Um, and I think sometimes that can, that can hurt the Eagles. He wants to survey the field and he wants to make the, he wants to make the plays. And, you know, I think under the circumstances that probably wasn't the best game plan to have. Right. Uh, agreed. And then they were falling behind as you mentioned. I mean, like Doug was asked today about why they didn't roll them out more, you know, naked bootlegs and or you know, move the pocket. And Doug was saying because a lot in a lot of cases we we were behind the sticks because we weren't doing much on first and second down. I think you countered on Twitter. Well, why don't we just why don't you do more on first and second down in terms of rolling them out? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't get that. I wanted to talk to you about that. So, you know, his whole he was very frustrated. He was talking about he'd like to watch film with us. You know, like we don't know. I know he was that. talking down. You know yeah. well, what? What don't we understand? Let me know, you know, what Wentz is best when he's moving. So your first down plays aren't working. Why not have him roll out on first down? And even the idea that you can't roll him out on second and 16, I don't get. I mean, readers or Twitter followers or whatever they are uh, pointed out when I posted what Doug said that, there were instances late last season where Wentz would roll out and throw a 25 yard completion, you know, uh, the Sanders touchdown in that, uh, the famous one in that Washington game near the end of the season where he, he just lasered it to miles in the back of the end zone. You know, that was a rollout. That wasn't, he wasn't in the pocket for that or it was a scramble. Yeah, I think that was a scramble. That wasn't designed. Whatever it was, he was definitely not in the pocket. No, no, we Right, right. We know he makes Carson's athleticism uh, allows him to make those throws as well as any quarterback. Now, I, th- I think in some ways it, it hurts him in terms of throwing from the pocket because he tries he tries to rely on that too much. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean that was the, that was the narrative this off season. Carson down the stretch, getting him out of the pocket, moving the pocket, naked boots, etc. That's what got us to the playoffs. Let's utilize that. Let's get a guy like Rich Gangarella who who comes from an offense that really kind of utilizes those types of plays, the play actions, um, the naked boots, etc. And let's let's you know, implement more of that into the offense. I. I, I was kind of shocked that we didn't see more of it just in, in the early part of the game. Mm-hmm. And whereas you could, you could counter that by saying, well, they didn't need it. Clearly they were scoring points. I get all that, but um, maybe at some point you realized, okay, we gotta, we gotta do a little more of this on first and second down. So, I mean, I think your points are all valid. Um, you know, I would love, Hey Doug, get the film out. We'll do it. Doug, uh, Bill Belichick used to do it with uh, reporters on on the uh, Monday after games. They would look at a play or two and explain stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think those are all fair criticisms of Doug, uh, of Carson, uh, the offensive line. I think we need to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think the criticism I would direct is towards certainly Jason Peters or the front office. Like, if Jason comes to you and says, okay – I need more money to move to left tackle. And you realize that, okay, this is something we have to do, which they eventually did. Why did it take so long to get to that right. resolution? Because and you're you not wasted practicing at left tackle during all this time that you're not, you know, you're right. sort of pretending like you're not going to give him this money. You know, he's still at right guard. Uh, frankly, I think he gained weight to play right guard, you know, thinking that he was going to be taking on these guys as big as him uh inside and interesting that's a good question we're gonna have to ask hindrance to him now that he's back at left tackle of course the another issue here is and i don't think all fans understand this we have not talked to jason peters since he re-signed with the eagles we have not had one single word from jason peters and it's uh you know it's we don't know what he thinks about anything really Right. And it would, that's a very valid question is like, did you put on more weight to play that position? Did you train differently this offseason to play that position? And if he were to say, yeah, you're right. And that that was kind of why I was reluctant to move from right guard to left tackle. Well, that's a fair point for him yeah. to make. Yeah. And it's and it's a fair one. If the Eagles were to say that themselves, like, yeah, we don't feel comfortable moving there because all of a sudden now he's being asked to play a completely different position. Now we see guys move around on the offensive right. line and they and they, they uh, you know, dual trained players, right. Offensive linemen all the time. So you have to be able to do that. And Jason's played the position for so many years that he could, he could move over there and, right. and play there without missing much of a beat. But at this point in his career, that's a pretty big ask. And, and then the other big ask, ask, I mean, his first assignment was chase young. Yeah. And that's 17 uh, years younger. I think chase young might be rookie of the year this year. I mean, right. He sure, you know, he looked great. Very, very good to me. And, he won't Jason won't be facing that guy every week you know and I, I think that was a, a very tough opening assignment for him and I didn't think he did very well with it and he especially didn't do very well run blocking which shocked me because he's always out there in front you know bowling yeah. people over and all that stuff well and just and I just wanted to point out really quickly too was that you know without by not moving Jason from right guard to left tackle right away and you're moving guys all in, in and around the line you didn't settle on your right flank until the Thursday before the season started. Now I know there was a kind of a feeling out process where you had to figure out who was going to win that job. And look, a lot of this 
the Eagles couldn't control. You had a Brandon Brooks injury. You had the Lane Johnson injury. You had the Andre Dillard injury. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing they, there's very little they could do about that unless, you know, that we know, that we know. Who knows? Maybe they shouldn't have been having Brandon Brooks do all that work that they had him doing in June. But valid question. Yes. Well, that's, yeah, which I, I would love to know more about too. But these are, you know, that's, it's hard to criticize the Eagles on the surface on those things but it, you can once you found out that andre dillard was done you had i think from that point you had two and a half weeks until the season started all right you know let's figure out what you're doing give jason the money that you know you're gonna have to eventually give him moving the left tackle and then figure out what you have to do on the right side rather than have to figure it out right. at the last second you know you knew lane just had surgery there was a good right. chance he wasn't going to play now we didn't know that but there's a good chance he wasn't going to play in that season opener yeah. Yeah. I, it sounds I, like Lane will be ready Sunday. I kind of think they somehow thought he was going to be ready. Uh, and that wasn't the case. You know, I think medically he wasn't ready. But, uh, you know, that that happens around here quite a bit with the Eagles. I think I think Doug comes from an era where guys just played a little bit. You know, even though he didn't play 40 years ago, he played 25 years ago, 20 years ago. And uh I think Doug is often surprised that guys aren't available, you know. Uh, and then we have the whole Matt Pryor mystery, <laughs> Jeff. What in the world? So the guy is going to be the starting right guard. Then he's going to be the starting left tackle. Now it seems like they would sign people off the street to play ahead of him. What in the world has he done to make them that, uh, you know, a, such a, an ostensibly sudden shift in opinion? Well, he's apparently going to in the conversation for right tackle too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we you saw him in the open the scrimmage. Yeah, that was length. bad, but that was they just moved him to left tackle. He'd been practicing all camp on the right side. I didn't think that was the end of the world, and no. they claimed the same thing. But yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't bode well for Matt Pryor's future. The Eagles win. You know, a rookie, fourth round rookie like Jack Driscoll comes in and beats you out, and Nate Herbig, an undrafted rookie, right? Uh, last year, an undrafted rookie. There, this year, in his second year, and you've been you've been pumping up Matt Pryor for all for all these years. And look, I mean, I kind of like Pryor, at least what I always saw in one on ones, etc. And he held up in the playoff game at right guard. Yes. Um, but that you know, you can certainly help guys at that position. Uh, I don't know. We you know we haven't talked to Pryor in a while. Uh, we don't have access to him in the locker room. I can't go up to him and ask him. I mean, this is, we're in a new world. And, and yeah, these yeah. are questions that we were getting asked a lot of. And, you know, you're trying to dig and find out, but it's just, it's a lot easier to go up to person, just ask them to their face. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that kind of, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with prior. Melodic came in for Jack Driscoll, but it sounds like, I mean, they really like Driscoll. I watched the film of him. I, I, I kind of agree with them. I don't know if he's going to be end up being a starter, but he could be end up being your swing six man tackle um, down the road. I think he could be that. I also think he's probably more of a guard given his short arms and all that stuff. Yeah, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Todd Harriman's when Todd Harriman's first showed up. Nobody made yeah. much of a deal about it, you know. But another fourth rounder. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, you know. But he ended up being a very valuable eagle for a long time, and because he was smart, you know. And adaptable, and I think uh, I think Driscoll has that. But I was a little surprised. I thought Mylotta. It was just 18 snaps, but I thought Mylotta really looked good. I, I would think they'd be looking for ways to 
you know, do more with him. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, real quick, I think your comp of Driscoll to Harriman's is a good one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see if Lane's starting at right tackle to see Driscoll ahead of Herbig at right guard. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that's that's a. I think Herbie. I think Herbie struggled. Of, of of those two, Herbie struggled much more. Yeah, at guard, you really have to be able to pick up those stunts and twists and things. And you know, it's not just about being big and strong. I think Herbie's a strong, you know, very powerful guy, but. I, I think he was a little lost against. He the- missed some assignments. Yeah, he and there was a there was a a screen where he missed a guy coming coming a, a linebacker slashing through. I think and yeah, uh, Malata real quick. Yeah, you know I think Malata held up pretty well. And he came in for just a a quarter at that point. He was fresh. Uh, you know, we see. Like, well, I I wonder how he'd do over the course of a full game. But um, you know, I, I don't really question Jeff Stoutland much when it comes to the depth chart mm-hmm. um i think they probably know what knew what they were doing there and and you know prior it could be just a mental thing at this point you know maybe they just right. felt like this kid's not confident enough especially after that undressing he took in the scrimmage yeah that, you know you wonder that's that could very well be the other point i want to make real quickly on the offensive line is that even the guys like kelsey and sumala didn't have good games i mean it was maybe the unit has to function you know maybe it's hard for one guy to play well when the rest of the unit isn't. Abs- yep. No, that's true. I mean, that's exactly all true. Over the field. And, uh, you know, it was like that one year when Kelsey was really bad several years ago. It reminded me of that. And uh, I, yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, it just, and Sumalo, you know, Sumalo kind of goes the way the rest of the line goes more than anybody, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you know, this is something that uh, we've heard many, many times, you know, the importance of the, of the chemistry of that unit. It's a working organism. Um, with five separate parts, and you've they just had the major disruption there the, the last few weeks. That's again going back. I'm backtracking yeah. here again, which I just still can't. It just boggles the mind that they couldn't have figured out this Jason Peters thing quicker, right? Um, and, and and gotten uh, the unit, a cohesive unit, working together for at least two weeks before the season opener. I do feel like Lane will fix a lot of the problems right off the bat, just because he's so good, um, and he'll help. Whoever's to his to his left at, at right guard, yes, and that'll just help those guys down down the line as well. You'll have Kelsey, Isaac, and Jason who've all played together. I, I think a lot of the problems that we saw on Sunday were related to lack of chemistry. I mean, there were missed assignments. There were guys not picking up uh, blitzers or picking up, as you mentioned, stunts. And yeah. um, so I, I think Lean will will help that unit, and and they'll get better. But the question is, is Lean ever going to be a hundred percent? Yeah. Is Peter's is Peter's going to get through, you know, he's definitely not going to get through a season. I think that's, am I, I, I'm pretty fair to say that. Um, and then, then you're looking at your depth and you know, the Eagles right. signed, they signed Sua Opeta off the practice squad and they added a new guy. Um, what's his name? Jamon Brown. Brown. Yeah. Jamon yeah. Brown, who had been a, you know, a lot was made of that yesterday by some people because he started a whole bunch of games in the league, but that's, he was on the Bears practice squad. You know, I mean, it's not like they they traded for this guy, you know, who's a starter somewhere or something. I I got to think that's just to have some veteran depth. Right. And look, I mean, the, again, then, yeah, you're bringing in a guy last second and asking him to come and play a new position. And you're, wor- you're already worried about the chemistry of the unit. Yeah. You're going to throw this guy into the mix. I mean, we saw this in 2012 
Exactly. And they were just signing guys off the street. Yeah. And every time it took them at least three or four games to even get acclimated. And even then, it wasn't really a solution. No, it was not. That was a terrible year. And, you know, that's what happens when you're, you know, picking up itinerant laborers to, to, to play on your offensive line. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we switch to defense, uh, there were some positives on offense, aside from, the, you know, the passes that, that – aside from how Carson looked and or Driscoll showed some, some signs of life. You know, Dallas Goddard had a good game. Jalen Reger shows that he can, he can get behind defenses. Um, I think those probably were the two biggest positives that come out of the, out of the game. Yeah, I think on they the have side. shifting through here. I think they really wanted to force John Hightower – in the opener, I didn't see any sign that he's ready to really play, you know, other than special teams, maybe uh, he, he did not look good out there. Yeah. I, real quick on Hightower. It's like, he's got the capabilities. Clearly he showed it in mm-hmm. camp, you know, but it's, you know, someone who's played sports and been like, I was always a good practice player and the, the lights came on and man, I stunk, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a huge difference when you get out there and you, and the pressure's there, you know, um, yeah. and I'm, it seemed like that's what was happening with him. Certainly the, the drop, he ran a great route. He's wide open. And yeah. just, I mean, just flat out dropped it going over the middle. And uh, it, the, that brings me to Arthago Whiteside. I want to talk about that as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, people are killing him because they didn't throw him the ball, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a good enough analyst and I certainly haven't seen the all 22. I think his main problem right now is that he was so bad last year that Carson just doesn't look at I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure that he wasn't open at all Sunday. I just don't think Carson trusts him, likes him, you know, has any rapport with him or anything else. Yeah. yeah, I'm wrong. Uh, So I guess he played like 28 of 68 snaps. Um, He's not going to be 40, wasn't it? No, I thought it was 28. Maybe I'm wrong. Nevertheless, he's not going to be the first option on a lot of these plays. Um, they seem to use him as a blocker a lot because they right. guys, that was one of the reasons those screens couldn't work outside screens. The wide receivers couldn't block for each other. They were chasing, you know, corners around, you know, from trying to hit them from behind and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. That, We've you, know, been, you need guys as much as we make fun of the Eagles emphasis on wide receivers blocking. You do need somebody to, to do their assignment there when you're trying to do a play that depends on, yeah, my here's my big picture problem with JJ uh, is this. I really think that he did improve this offseason. Mm-hmm. He he worked out. He lost weight. He looked quicker. Uh, he looked stronger in camp. He didn't look as overwhelmed with having to run various different plays and routes. Mm-hmm. I just I questioned the drafting of him that high because oh yeah, sty- stylistically, he's not the type of of receiver that would play to Carson's strengths. Carson is not a jump ball 50, 50 quarterback. Right. And that's why he struggled to have chemistry with Alshon Jeffrey. He's a, I got to see you open separation type of quarterback. That's and I'm, I'm not saying that to really knock on Carson. That's just kind of more who he is. I mean, you'd like them to throw more of those back shoulders yeah. and more of the jump balls to guys who can do that. And I just feel like JJ's never going to be in, in Carson's good graces because he's just not a separation guy. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think it really is. And, uh, you know, I it, it was a weird – he's never going to be wherever he goes if he doesn't end up playing here a long time. He's never going to live up to that second-round pick. He's just not that good, I don't think. 
you know, I think his ceiling is like Jason Devon, who was a fourth round pick, you know, and that's kind of probably what right. Ortega Whiteside should have been. I don't, the Eagles just don't seem to have a great knack uh, at some positions and how you look at that guy and say, Oh, second round pick. I mean, he's not, he, they call him a big receiver. He's big because he's heavy. He's not tall. He's, they claim six, two. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's just, he, and yeah. he's certainly not fast. Uh, you know, what is it that you think is so great about this guy? Yeah. yeah know, we've, not... we've been through that before. We were with, with Aguilar, you know, he wasn't a great speed guy. He was okay speed wise, but he certainly wasn't big. You know, it, it, I, I don't understand their criteria on that. And I think the play on the outside there, you, you got to be a little more special. I mean, in yeah. the slot, it's just easier. With, I mean, with Nelson, we saw it. Nelson couldn't track balls, and you have to track balls more, more on the outside. Yeah. And J.J., well, I think he has a better grasp of doing that. He doesn't have the separation that at least Nelson can get on the outside. I mean, I think I agree with you. I think J.J. is probably at best a slot. Yeah. And they're still kind of putting him on the outside. And he'll, he'll certainly run uh, passes from inside. But Greg Ward right now is a better slot receiver than, than yeah. J.J. So it's like J.J.'s role is, you're right, it's going to be as a blocker. I mean, and in the red zone, I guess you want to go to him. That's the, that's yeah. one of his strengths. But you have Car- you have Dallas and Ertz ahead of him. Those are better red zone targets. Absolutely. So, you saw on Ertz's touchdown, uh, J.J. was coming from the other side there. And it looked like, you know, maybe JJ could have caught it, except Ertz grabbed it. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, I think that's going to be that. That's very indicative of JJ's situation right now. Yeah, and I think with Rager, Rager, Rager's going to be a good receiver, um, but there's going to be some rookie hiccups, right. and we, you know, we we saw it um, certainly on that one route that he ran. What do you make of Deshaun? You know, not playing many snaps. Uh, as you would expect, Doug Peterson said, you know, obviously we're, you know, we're trying to work, uh, keep his workload uh, down. I wasn't as aghast as other people by it because, look, everyone keeps saying, oh, this guy's not going to make it through the season. He keep, keep getting hurt. And his Eagles saying, okay, we recognize that this is a 33 year, 33 year old receiver who's missed like, I don't know, 20 something games over the last several yeah. years. We want him to get through the season. Let's not overwork him. Yeah, kind of. But, you know, they sort of forgot about him for a while, it seemed like to me. Uh, that, there was speculation on TV that he was hurt. Uh, you know, it, that, this is another part of the pushing Hightower bit. You know, I really think uh, Deshaun could have had a, several more snaps and a few more targets yeah. without yeah. making him, you know, without overburdening him at all. Yeah, yeah. I do find it interesting that he went to Twitter to explain his absence or not to, to say that he wasn't hurt, which tells me, if I'm reading in between the lines here, yeah, that he's upset that he didn't play more, and, and I need to make this very clear that I was I was certainly healthy and I could have played more. Yeah. So, and you know, you got to deal with this. You got to deal with all the Deshaun drama stuff too. Um, yeah. If you aren't if you aren't going to play him. Yeah. Much. He's not a guy that's going to accept a couple targets a game. That's that's not going to work. Nope. Nope. Um, but you know, as our our colleague Mike Sielski wrote. You know, these kind of back them uh, back themselves into this corner because you spend uh, you know first round pick on Rager, and and you really want to kind of force the John Hightower thing. Although I I think you're right that we probably won't see as much of him next week. Um, after the, his first week, mm-hmm. but you have to balance, you know, getting these new guys acclimated with 
sticking with some of your older guys. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with Alshon Jeffrey once he is healthy. Um, but let's quickly, before we, we sign off here, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the defense, you know, who overall I think had a pretty good game. I mean, they didn't lo- allow the Redskins to go any longer than 50 yards on, on a drive. They were placed in a pretty bad situation. Darius Slay played well for the most part, had a couple ba- a couple plays he probably would want back. Mm-hmm. But the issues right now, again, are injuries. I mean, yeah. you know, Vinny Curry's out for an extended period. Brandon uh, Graham is in the concussion protocol. Javon Hargrave is still out. Um, no, that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt you more against a better offense in the Rams than the Redskins. Yeah, you know it's uh, the defensive the defensive effort Sunday. You, you could kind of go glass half empty, glass half full. They didn't get a turnover, which is kind of becoming a signature of this defense over the last couple of years. You know they they could have made a stop on one of those drives, and you know kind of saved the day uh but it was ridiculous and in the fourth quarter it just got really ridiculous you could tell they were tired and you know six of nine possessions starting in your territory just isn't a position you can put a defense in you had new guys you know trying to uh settle in and and stuff like that and uh yeah that that you can't ding them too much for that and i do think they played the uh the man pass defense pretty well although I, I kind of caution that Dwayne Haskins I thought was terrible Sunday and it was hilarious that uh, you know that the, the uh, narrative in Washington became that Dwayne gave this stirring halftime speech and then led Washington to victory you know I, he missed so many guys <laughs> that it's hard to really know how good the coverage was <laughs> but right. you know they did win the game so whatever but uh or every year you have a few early season losses or wins and, and you and you're not sure what to make of right. them. I think in the long run this is going to be one of the worst losses uh, of the year for the Eagles because Washington just doesn't have much. I mean they have that defensive right. line and that'll that'll help right. them. But offensively yeah. besides Terry McLaren, they got they got pretty much nothing. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's why you don't you know keep going for it on fourth down in your own territory and so on and so forth. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, we didn't even get really get yeah. into Doug's over aggressiveness in that regard. Uh, again, another kind of knock against yeah. against Doug, who uh, spoke to us today and didn't seem very pleased to be doing so. No, no, he thinks we're an annoyance, and you know he's yeah uh, uh, he's uh, not yeah he just doesn't uh, that part of the job doesn't appeal to him at all. You know, and it's uh, it's a shame because I would like to uh, to know more about what he thinks and how he feels and so on. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there are times when Doug is, is he'll give it back, back and forth and yeah. he comes in happy, but it's just, we're obviously now in a whole new world as well. And it just, it won't help the relationships that you're trying to build with the players and coaches that you cover. Yeah. Um, and it goes both ways too. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, EJ and Damo should be, with us next time we're trying to make these podcasts a little more regular we've had a little technical some technical issues getting this uh rebooted but uh our plan is to have one podcast uh looking back at a game and one looking ahead to the next one each week and uh certainly hope to have all four of the eagles beat reporters on hand Les, thanks for joining uh, me today it was a distinct pleasure yeah all right thanks everyone for listening to bird's eye view podcast and we'll talk to you the next time